What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Stallion, we had two first for our our personal and professional lives last week that I think have to be shared, right? That's what this podcast is about, is constantly sharing the things Always. that we're doing. Always. So uh, the first of the two is we made and got accepted our first offer to buy a piece of property without having to get a mortgage on it. We bought the property and the debt, which most people refer to that as buying the property subject to the mortgage. Oh, isn't that so sweet? Just just to say that, doesn't that feel good? That is just a unique thing that most people don't realize that you think that you buy the property separate of the mortgage. Like you have to go get your own mortgage, but actually you can buy the property and buy the debt that goes along with the property. And when you're buying property for investment purposes from someone who has bought a property that they were living in, the terms of the deal by buying their debt can be so much more beneficial to you. Like we were sitting there looking at this property, the monthly payment on it was like $4,300 a month. If we had to go get a a mortgage, an investment commercial grade mortgage, our payment would almost be double that. Easily, easily. Well, you and think that's, about that's that, the like, beauty of this. That, that gives you so much more upside in the deal. Like one, we can make it a, a more win-win for the, the person we're buying the property from, but from our end, it lowers the risk because this is going to be a property that we're going to be using in our short-term rental portfolio. It's going to be one that we're going to build out a whole new arm. We're going to have an event venue that has luxury accommodations. There's nothing like that here in Birmingham. I'm so excited. If you have a a corporation, you want to do corporate retreats, masterminds, you want to have a small wedding and Birmingham's your venue, like we're going to have a spot for you. We'll be sharing that soon on the Wake Up Birmingham brand. But we also had another first. And I'll be honest, I was so excited about this first one until I heard about your first at your house. And I'm thinking that's probably a better idea. Uh, Russ, I, I got to tell you, you know, there's what they call uh, PDMs. You, you know what I'm talking about? PDM? No. Uh-uh. Proud dad moment. <laughs> uh, this was one of them. And and I honestly, I thought my little Adler, she's seven years old. And I cannot tell you how many times she has asked me, dad, I just want to do a sale. Like she wants to, she wants to put something out at the side of the road, a little, you know, stand. And it doesn't matter what it is. She wants to sell something. And be honest, I thought I was talking to a little baby Russ Morgan. Just, (laughs) just let me sell something, dad. So this weekend, give me an opportunity this weekend. I said, okay, what are you going to sell? She said, I've got some rocks that I've been collecting and I've got some seashells from the beach. And I said, 
okay, so, but what do you want to sell? She said, no, 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 I want to sell the rocks and the seashells. And you know me, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, this is ridiculous. Why would anybody buy a rock or a seashell? And, and by the way, all the seashells are broken. Like they're just little pieces of seashells. There's not even, there's like a handful that are not broken. I said, <laughs> you know what? Okay, listen, here's a, a big sign. We drew it out with the big block letters, rocks and seashells for sale and put it on the side of the road with a little table. Her and Chapel, my other daughter is out there. She's eight and they're just sitting there. And I'm thinking, this is a sad day. They, they're not going to sell a stinking thing. They're going to be frustrated. You know what they told me? They said, Dad, it started to get a little cloudy. And we prayed right there. We prayed it wouldn't rain and that God would send people to our sale. Do you know, Russ, by the end of the day, they had made $22.88 selling people rocks and seashells. $22. I, I thought, stuff. I thought selling life insurance was hard. I mean, I, I thought like for most people to buy a whole life policy, that would be like buying a rock. You know, like when I first got into the business, like that was, I was thinking, I, I think it's a good idea because of how I can accumulate cash, but man, I got to get people over the hump of thinking that this is a bad deal. And she has gotten people over the hump of buying a rock. Like, dude, like, she was so fired up. She said, Dad, I want to do this every day. She loves to sell. And I'm excited for her to do it. But by the way, I'm going to put a picture of her sale in the inner circle. If you're not a part of that, by the way, you should be. Just go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. You can see this picture of them in front of my house with a literally a sign that says rocks and seashells for sale. It is priceless. Uh, but, but by the way, today's topic is why am I putting all of my money, all of my income into a whole life policy? So you get a take from each one of our coaches as to why we are all on that path. Um, if you think putting, you know, buying rocks is hard, try selling people on that idea. And I don't think you're going to want to miss it. So Russ, without further ado, let's, let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can easily more understand them, and more importantly, get you to financial freedom. If this is the first time joining, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. My name is Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow through guy just didn't fit me so well. At least I didn't think it was. But enough about me. Let me get to the other guys in the room. Let me talk to my partner, my co-host, the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion, hey. good afternoon. 
Hey, 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 good afternoon to you. How can someone take action on today's topic? How can they take action? Yes. Well, first and foremost, they, they got to read the book, man. Well, where did we even get this idea from? This came from Become Your Own Banker. Nelson Nash, the godfather of infinite banking. He's the one that gave us this idea because he said someone else's bank gets 100% of your income. If you owned a bank, wouldn't you put all of your income into your own bank? So I, my, I guess my point to that is what you're saying is that if order for us to put all our income or why are we trying to put all our income into a life insurance policy, you, you might want to know where that started from, where that idea was given to us from, and it was given to exactly. us th through Nelson Nash, through the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Yeah, you're the idea guy, but you did not come up with that idea. I didn't come up Nash. with that idea. I was challenged by that idea. I was challenged to figure out how to solve that idea or that that concept. And, and by the way, if we if you think we're crazy for a topic like this, go read the book. Read the book, read or page 48, and you'll understand where this all kind of originated from. But that's not exactly the question, is it? It's why would we want to do that? No, 100%. All right. Well, thankfully, it's not just the two of us knuckleheads trying to break down this idea. We've got some of the best coaches in the nation to help us do it. And to your right, our resident pilot, Mr. Catch Me If You Can, seems like we finally caught the guy. You got him right there next to you. When he's not jet setting around the world, he's helping people become financially free and he's dropping gold nuggets right here. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Hello, hello. I, I, I guess since I'm now in the South, I have to say hello, y'all. Yes, hello, y'all. This obviously was a conversation that you and I had at one point when you were reading through the book. What's your initial take on why we're trying to put all of our income into a life insurance policy? Why not? <laughs> that's his first take he's going with the least amount of words possible why not and and, uh, and for those of you that, that that are listening and don't have the privilege of seeing the video it, it, imagine if i'm just talking to siri why not period <laughs> oh my goodness th th thankfully we've got the uh financial sherlock holmes to your right the guy that i know has been breaking down this idea for a while helping me I only wish, Joe, Joey, I would have known Ernie a lot earlier in my life because my road to financial freedom would have been a lot straighter. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome, Ernie, to the show. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Mark. Howdy, Ernie. <laughs> hey, er page 48, great book or great page to that book, that idea of your premium should equal your income. If you go back to page 25, he says that when you start at one life insurance policy, that'd be tough. But if you accommodate your system of policies to accommodate all your needs, why wouldn't you grow your system to eventually accommodate the needs of others? Well, so that's, that's what your reason is. Yeah. Why am I trying to grow my system of policies to where I can get closer to all my income going in as premium is... And I'm thinking about, well, not at this moment, but at some point in the future, when we have kids, the ability to build insurance policies into our system on their lives so that one day their needs can be accommodated through this system. Mm. 
let, let what me, about you, Russ? What, okay. why, is, why is it that you want to do it? Well, I, I was listening to an interview just this week by a guy named Michael Saylor. Anybody know that name, Michael Saylor? Yeah. Michael Saylor, for those who don't know, is a billionaire owner of a company called MicroStrategy. And to be honest, that company is a really successful company, probably makes profits 50 to 75 million a year. But there's a lot of companies out there that make that amount of money. So normally you don't know the owners of these companies. Now, this guy, Michael Saylor, has become pretty well known out there over the last two years because he did something very unique. Beginning of 2020, he's sitting on as a company about half a billion dollars in cash, right? He doesn't know where to put it. And he's evaluating our, our government's expansion of the money supply. That's what um, some news outlets would call inflation. <laughs> he's evaluating the fact that they've been expanding the money supply 10% every single year for the last 10 years. And they were talking about, and which by the way, they have over the last two years expanded it 36%. And he says, I got, a, I got $500 million sitting in an account if I don't do something, I'm going to lose $100 million of its value this year alone, okay? So when I think about why this is important to me, I know that I've, I've got to get my cash at work, right? I think of the, the concept, if I don't plan my calendar, my calendar plans me. Yep. I think the same thing's true. If I don't put my cash to work, I have to work for cash. So I need to find places for my cash to go. So one of the things that really motivates me to get my, the first start, like the basic thing for me is to get my cash at work at, at, at an interest rate higher than zero, because I know zero is actually losing money at two to 10%, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. So Russ, how, okay. how does putting income towards life insurance premium help accomplish that? Well, at, at a baseline, my cash value is growing with a positive return. I'm getting some um, margin or some income increase on the actual dollars going in at a baseline. Okay. And it, I, I agree and would just add that even as you make use of that through loans from the insurance company, that growth continues. It's a big, big picture. Is that a big part of why you would want to use these insurance policies? For sure. I mean, obviously, clearly, once you get it started, we know that one of the big, you know, keys in finance is to never have a dollar stop earning interest for you, right? We, we talk about opportunity costs. We talk about loss opportunity costs so often when we're using this concept of infinite banking, talking about the book, Joe, you brought up, Becoming Your Own Banker. One of the keys in that is that our money stays at work. And when we stop it, right, we've now stopped that flight. We've got, we got one of our members can't be here, right? Because he was supposed to be in motion from his city to our city coming this way. Well, he had to go backwards, right? To me, that's opportunity cost. <laughs> that, 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 that is uh, not moving um, one foot ahead. I would have thought that they would have sent him to a city closer to us to get in here. So to your point, Ernie, we got to get our dollars moving forward. And once they start moving, just like the book, The Richest Man of Babylon talks about, now those little gold soldiers can go out and recruit other ones and continue to multiply. That's right. And I, I, I was taking this from a different 
angle, but it's related. Um, I want to have control. And the more I have done the infinite banking process over the last 12, 13 years now, I have realized that the more money that goes into this system, the more I have access and control. And that has meant all the difference in terms of opportunities in general that I see and that I'm able, willing and able to take advantage of. And that, I mean, that is motivation to me to continue that process at a higher level, not to mention the fact if I can have control and compound interest on every dollar that goes through the system for the rest of my life and even in generations to come, which we'll get to, that is powerful. I mean, this isn't an overnight thing, right? This, this whole process is not meant to be a get rich quick scheme. Don't hear me, you know, trying to make it something that it's not. It's a get rich slow. It's a, it's a sustainable wealth creator. And so I want to continue to do that at the ability that I can. And the higher that number, the percentage I can get to, the better. All right, Mark, I'm doing the next question at you. This actually came right off our YouTube page. So we had somebody had watched a video that I recently did um, on, you know, using life insurance. Why, why we do that? Why uh, would we not want to, um, you know, pay off our house, for instance, and um, why, um, actually, that's not, that was another video I'm, I'm combining to apologize on that. Uh, the, the video I did was actually talking about does um, life insurance companies steal your cash value when you die? And, and, and there's a lot of different kind of commentary on that. But I, I got a question from a lady, I, I want to ask it to you because you're the one where it fits. So here's her question. It says, I'm wondering how this would benefit a person who has no children or other heirs. Is this the best way to reach passive income goals in this case? Right. So it, right at this point, um, you don't have any kids. Right. So um, obviously there's a reason why you believe that putting your income into life insurance policies, even without children, is a good idea. Explain that to me. So I just want to start off by thanking you for celebrating the fact that my name will end with me. Um, appreciate that. Um, <laughs> That's what are you talking about? <laughs> so brutal. Still got um, time. No, I, I'm just... <laughs> um, so to that question, that is a phenomenal one, right? So if, if, if we're coming at this from the generational wealth aspect, right, we're, we're talking about how this is something that not only sets you up today, but it creates a legacy. It creates a generational system. Well, then the question is, well, but well, what if there are no subsequent generations? Well, so does that really work for me? Like, you know, am, am I really doing something that benefits me? And the answer to that is, well, yes. Um, even if there isn't, say, an, a next generation to, to pass that on to, this source of resource, this repository that you're creating is going to be passed on somewhere. And now you are going to leave a legacy, whether you're leaving a legacy of, of blood that, that continues on and, and continues to, to populate the earth, or you're leaving a legacy in your name for something else that can do good for others. Um, that to me is really a generational piece that, that played in, you know, given, given my certain life circumstances as they are, as I'm setting this up. Um, it's like, wow, but you know, think about what I'm going to be able to give 
to people that I love. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you got to go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Can I push into this a little bit further, though? And obviously, the continuation of peace of what we're building is amazing. I think that that definitely motivates myself. And, and Joey and I have talked about this, too. But do you believe, without that in mind, that putting our cash in these contracts, these life insurance contracts, is a pathway that enhances your overall financial picture that allows you to build infrastructure, if you will, toward your passive income goals. And I mean, again, as long as you're here, that's a long time, right? As long as you're here, you get a grandmother that went well over a hundred, right? So does this help you, just you, without thinking of those past you? So yes, in and I'll, and I'll I'll give this story. In 2006, I signed a 10-year contract to myself, and it said that in 10 years I will be able to exit the workforce if I so choose, and I will be financially independent. It's 2021, and I am able to exit the workforce. So that's 15 years as opposed to 10. However, I want you to think about this for a second. In 2011, I was introduced to the idea of becoming my own banker, of becoming the own bank. So if you look at it through that lens, 10 years from there, Mm. I hit the mark. Mm. So did I miss the original 2016? Yeah. Did I miss, I missed it by five years, but I'm fifth. It took me 15 years to get to where I needed to be. And it's a lot closer than where I would have been if I had never set the goal. And if I had never found this opportunity, which that's hard to quantify, right? You, you know, you were already doing some good, towards that goal of financial freedom, but something, I mean, I don't know, I'm just putting you on the spot, but can you speak to by implementing the become your own banker strategy, how did it help you get there faster? So I believe the word you're looking for is a strategery and the strategery that was implemented, it made it gooder. <laughs> Thank you, George W. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I mean, because that's really, you got to start with the baseline of why should we be putting money in there, right? Like, why do we start with it anyway? Like, is the, right? Period. My, my guess is that Dawn's question on our YouTube page really started off with, you know, I, I want to learn about this, but if the only reason it benefits me is if it leaves a death benefit, which goes back to the initial analysis that most of us do, right? We do this surface page analysis of, oh, this is life insurance. What does life insurance do? Life insurance provides a death benefit. Do I need a death benefit today? Will a death benefit benefit me in the future? 
And then I go from there, right? And some of us who have large families, you're like, Joey, I mean, seriously, you got enough kids. You needed an RV just to be able to travel, right? Like, to, I mean, not like out west, but to the grocery store. So clearly, you probably have that sort of thing on your mind. That's something that's interesting to you. But if my, if my major objective is, yeah, that's cool, that's awesome, but if I if I run out of money between now and then, I'm not going to leave anybody anything, right? So I need to build something now. I need to create a model now that gets me that much further. We were talking about this yesterday. I'm kind of um, spiderwebbing here a little bit. Stay with me. But, you know, a lot of times we end up building income in one job. And then on, we find one of these ideas, one of these passive income strategies, and we start building it in on you know our, our five to nine time, right? Our after work hours. And what we say is that don't quit your main job immediately once you get this other thing going, because once you have to start living off of that other thing 100%, you're going to stun its growth. You're not going to give it the opportunity needed to get going, right? And so I, right. I think- when we're talking about this, we got we're building up a, a strategy of putting money into these life insurance contracts for a reason. Can that reason help me get to my destination faster? And it sounds like you said it can, Mark. So, Joey, in addition to that, right? So now there's other reasons that we can start breaking down. And you said control. You said having access and control of the money was super important to you. As compared to what, right? I think that's the the question that comes immediately to my mind is compared to what? If I didn't do this, what else would I do? Well, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about it is because the compared to what is what I lived up until I was introduced to this. And what was that? It was being focused on the wrong thing, thinking that income raising your income, which by way of going up the corporate ladder was the means to financial success. And then along the way, doing what everybody else was doing was putting money away into places that I couldn't touch and couldn't control. And so my education on what was available to me, the opportunities that were all around me the whole time, I never saw because I was never focused on educating myself. It was just out of sight, out of mind. Right. But now that I have access and control, everything becomes an opportunity, not necessarily good or bad. They could be either one, but I now have access to, to look at opportunities and to see them for what they are. And then to, to suss out, okay, does this fit with my ultimate objection? Uh, what is done even further is it's, it's caused me to even think generationally about that education. So now literally like this week, I'm sitting with Annie, she's 15 years old. And after we went out West, as we've shared on the show before, we, we attended the Land Geek Bootcamp. Her and Lily Kate sat through the full two and a half days of the bootcamp and they walk out of there so fired up. Like this is an amazing process. Well, fast forward to today, she just put her first parcel of land, she just purchased it. And she's about to turn around and learn how to sell it. And the education that started with me being in a position of cash and access, having to educate myself now is passing on to the next generation. That is what I'm talking about when I say 
the reason, the motivation for me to continue to increase this process and, and continue to increase access to cash is because it's now helping the next generation. What else could we do if we keep going? It, well, going back to what you said a second ago, and I want to clarify maybe a little bit, control, like you wouldn't have been able to do that. You wouldn't have been able to teach her how to do that if you wouldn't have had access to the cash to start off with. Right. I, would I, have, I honestly wouldn't have known what to do with it. Like if you asked me 15 years ago when I was in the, the crux of Wells Fargo, putting my head down, working hard, never seeing my family, and you'd ask me, man, what kind of things could people do with money? I had a very short list. I'm talking, I've heard some people buy businesses, some people buy rental properties. That's it. I mean, literally, that's it. Fast forward to today, and I could give you 500 ideas. And it's just because of education and being forced to think, what can I do with this cash? That's the difference. And I think that's the point that sometimes we can, the analytical ones in the group can sit down and, and start saying, okay, I take my 10,000, my 50,000, whatever my amount of free cash flow is, and I put it into one of these life insurance policies and it doesn't turn into more money immediately. It actually turns into less. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that then that allows me to buy less assets, which can then produce less passive income as compared to if I wouldn't have done that. And that's where we stop. But the reason why this podcast isn't uh, is titled, why are we trying to put all of our income into life insurance policies instead of trying to put uh, 1% of our income into life insurance policies is because we have gone past that point to go. We know that there is a use for the other 99%. Because going back to the analytical side, and Ernie, I know you tend to, to get very analytical. You critically think through everything that you're doing. The It's easy for us to say, well, if I only had less money, I can't buy as many rental properties. I can't invest in whatever the next thing is, but they've never even considered what you now have started to do and started to implement and teach others how to do, which is, by the way, when we expand the system and we start having some strategic vision coaching, I can I can enlighten you to the opportunities that really are around you, right? Like once somebody understands their investor profile, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my guess is that when they're there and they're in a position of cash, it gets, it gets really exciting. Talk a little bit about some of those conversations where people are learning about who they are. And now that they actually do, they've been following your advice. They've trusted you so far to get their system started, right? My guess is it's probably not with 100% of their income. <laughs> it's with a small percentage of that. But talk about those moments where they start, the light bulb starts to come on. Well, they start with somewhere between zero and 100% of their income. Right. So they get on the, they get on the path. <laughs> we, got, we got to make a start. Let's get in the game. So I, I, I'll talk about a couple of people, but you started by talking about Michael Saylor, right? I haven't spoken with him, but I've listened to him. But you say in his business, he had a problem. What was his problem? He was sitting on cash and didn't know what to do with it. And, and he didn't like that, right? No, because he knew it was going to be a heck of an expense just sitting there. Yeah. 
that's not a too dissimilar of a problem. I mean, he how much was it, by the way? I five hundred million is what I remember. Okay, five hundred million. That, that's about a that's about a million more than I've got. Maybe it was <laughs> five hundred million. Anyway, some any business owner can can probably relate to that. I've got cash sitting, and I don't like that it's just sitting. And what Joey's talking about, this is a conversation about anybody. If you're going to take advantage of opportunities, you're going to need cash to take advantage of those opportunities. So you're going to have to have cash in a position. If Joey in one of his businesses wants to start another business, he's going to need to get that money out of his business to him personally into another business, right? Mm-hmm. Most likely. He's going to need a holding place for that money. And it might as well be a holding place. He really is excited about putting the money there and holding the money there because it's out of reach because it's growing. He can access it without taxes or penalties at any time. He can actually borrow against it and keep the entire principle growing. And if, and when he passes away, there's a death benefit. It's just a better place to hold cash. And when people start somewhere between zero and a hundred percent of getting that cash flow into that system, it starts to feel good. They're, they're more willing to hold cash as they're looking for opportunities. They're not, they're not as concerned about having to get to action immediately and rush into a mistake because that cash sitting is less costly than if it's just sitting in cash. So that's a, I have that type of conversation with lots of people. Mark, when you're, you're hearing Joey and, and Ernie talk about control and talking about opportunities when the cash is in hand, what other thoughts, what other things would you add to the conversation there? Well, you've come to the right person for that. Um, <laughs> I knew I did. <laughs> Since I am a logical C, I am nothing but control. And for the, any of you who have the privilege of knowing a pilot, uh, you will know that we are the type A of type A. So control is how we roll. Um, so yes, definitely having control. We know how banks work. And I can't stand the fact that if I put money into a bank, they get to go make money off of it instead of me. So I like having it in my system. But there, there is one piece that, that I, I do want to bring up, which isn't quite the question you asked. But the question we have today is, why, why are we trying to put all of our money into uh, life insurance, right? Why are we trying to put all of our income in there? Well, I think there's something that needs to be stated, which is we didn't all try to do it on day one. And we didn't try to do it on day two. This is a process. Okay. This is something that's going to take some time. Nelson does a very good point of reiterating this multiple times throughout his book. This is going to take decades. This is going to take you years to get these systems in place and to build up the infrastructure through proper strategy of making things gooder that you can get all of your income to be premium. And I've said it before, not all of my income goes to premium, but in the interim, all of my income flows through my policies, be it as premium or loan repayment. So this is going to be a marathon gang. Okay. And don't get discouraged listening to this, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get all my income into this policy? Well, make it a goal, make, make it a, a problem to solve, but not one you have to solve today. Okay. So don't get discouraged by that. This, this is a process and that's what we're here to help you work through. I, I, I think Russ, the, just yeah, the, the follow-up to that is not to try to do it alone. Cause here's the thing is that 
you may be too close to your situation to be able to truly see it. Joey and I were speaking with a mentor yesterday. We were sharing with him some of the challenges that we were working through. It we were close, but we we were just too close to the problem to have, I believe, the strategic vision to see what to do next. And within seconds, he was giving us clarity to our problem and how to solve it. And I think that that's what you do as coaches is you meet with people when they call in, you walk them through our three-step process. Hey, look, if you're dealing with lack of clarity, let me show you how to get a goal. Let me show you what that looks like. If you're, if you're struggling with confidence and you've tried a lot of different things, but you don't know what to do next. You don't know where to start. Let me help you build the infrastructure. Let me help you build a plan to, to get there. But once you have that, now you say, hey, I really want financial freedom. I need your support. I need you to strategically look into my scenario. Tell me based upon my own investor DNA, what is best for me? What can I get the most out of? How can I, I take this income that I have and these expenses I have, and how do I turn it into something that looks a lot clearer than what I see? Because when I see it, I see a mess and I see a calendar full of, you know, events, work, and not time to focus on this. Tell me how I can do this. And that's what you do. You guys instill confidence, the inner circle, the, the, what we're about to jump into with those who are already listening to this live is is to instill confidence in each other, to give each other ideas. What else were you going to add to that, Joe? Well, I was just going to say that there's one thing that I, I get nervous when we talk about putting all of your money into a life insurance policy, all of your income. There are people in this industry, in the, in the world of the infinite banking concept who misuse it. And they, they kind of, think about this product of insurance, life insurance designed for cash value as a magic bullet that's going to amazingly start to multiply itself. If you buy one policy this year and then you borrow from that policy and buy another policy and then borrow from that policy and buy another policy, we call that laddering policies. Without the actual financial foundation to support that, you're really building a big shell that is going to fall apart. It's not created. We're not talking about creating this like waterfall effect of policies that really aren't supported from day one. And I just want to be careful that people don't think that that's what we're talking about when we say, you know, put in all of your income into policies. Hmm. That's, that's one fear that I have. Anything well, else guys that you guys have run into that maybe people look at this and say, oh, well, this must be what they mean. And they misuse the product or the process. I would just echo that. I think really at the core of what you're talking about, call it a laddering deal. is just a, maybe a lack of long-term strategy of, of the, 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 the main goal is not well I'll, I'll say this for me my main goal is not to create enough life insurance that its premiums equal my income now that that can be a part of the process is i'm taking that cash and putting it to work 
because my need for finance is greater than my need for death benefit protection. Right. So if I'm solving for the need of finance, things that I need in my life and, and things that I'll see in my family's life, anybody else's lives that I can get my hands into and, and they want that, then, then I will happily accommodate life insurance policies to store that cash as, as it comes. So I, I just think the main thing is long-term strategy. Well, and the other part that you're saying is you, you don't just stop at the life insurance policy, right? Putting money into a premium of a life insurance policy is not going to make you rich. It's what you do with the policy that creates the financial freedom. If I just put a bunch of money in life insurance and I just say, all right, I'm going to sit back and watch this thing just crush. Good luck. <laughs> that's like watching your savings account. And that's not going to get you anywhere. You have to be educated and grow with a group of people. That's the purpose of the inner circle and our coaches coming alongside you to say, now you got to get that money to work. You can't well, just sit back and hit the easy button and hope that buying more policies is going to make you financially free. It's not going to happen. Well, here the, the honest truth to that scenario, Joey, that someone wouldn't have put all their income in there because they would have bought an insurance policy that didn't have cash value. They would have only put a very small percentage of their money into it. They wouldn't have done it. You, This process goes hand in hand with learning how to find a use for the dollars, right? Finding right. a way to get the dollars out of that other cash reserve. It's just moving money out of your left pocket into your right pocket. That's all we're talking about. Ultimately right. speaking, we're trying to figure out how do we get it to work? And when you do, then you're like, okay, well, how can I get more money to flow through this? And today's podcast was intended to just stir the pot a little bit to just to get you to think, maybe even send you back to the book, Becoming Your Own Banker and to read it for the first time or to reread it again and to, to make you ask the question of yourself, am I getting as many of my dollars as I, I, as I can that is financially prudent in the scenario that I'm in today into my premium so that I can start building a system that can as you said, Ernie, maintain or um, handle my financial needs, right? Because we do have a, a greater need for finance than we have a, for, for our death benefit. And I thank you coaches for, for bringing uh, the punch today, bringing the, the volume. Um, I'm grateful, Joey, that you and I get a chance to, to spend time with these guys tonight. And I know there's a lot of wisdom to be um, ciphered off as we, spend time strategically planning for 2022 as a group tomorrow. And I think if you're, if you're not already taking time to think through all of this, I'm going to give you an action step, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call. And you can have a 15 minute consultation where you can lay out with one of these coaches where you're struggling and, and they can help you figure out what's the, right next step for you. We're identifying where your area of focus needs to be as we start 2022 and beyond. So thank you for listening to this podcast as always. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. 
see you next episode.